Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting or nothing at all. Oh, Dan, was that you? That was not me. Who was it? I broke into the studio. Oh, jeez. We gotta break in. Dan, please Someone tell... security. Please tell everyone who our wonderful guest is on today's episode. Uh, this man is an author. You can get his books on the Amazon. That's right. You can hear his voice on not one, but two podcasts on this network. It's Jeff Trellowitz. Better known as Jeffy Trell. That's me. How's it going, everybody? Well, hello, Jeff. Welcome to the Stupid Sexy Podcast again. It's a pleasure to have you return to the studio. You know, we do have a doorbell. Or you could just knock. Yeah. You don't have to break in. Yeah, but where's the fun in that? <laughs> I mean, it's less expensive for us. Now i got to fix the damn window. Again. Oh, I'll, pay. I'll pay for it this time. Tell you what, buy me some Mo Southwest Grill. We'll call it even. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, so, Jeff, tell everybody about the episode we're going to review. We are going to be reviewing Marge versus the Monorail, which, as you kids always say, is a GOAT episode. Uh, it's about them getting a monorail and all the things that go wrong with it. What could have and Marge is the one wrong. that's like, and Marge is like, no, this is a bad idea. Told you so. Yeah, Sorry, Mom, that's... the mob has spoken. <laughs> that is kind of a thing, right, with Marge. Is sometimes, there, there's, there's always the episodes where she's right. And they're upset that she's right, but then there's, like, the episodes where she's completely wrong, like with the burlesque house. You know, we just sang a song about how great this house is. Well, I wasn't here for this song. Can you do it again? (laughs) Uh, No, it was a spur-of-the-moment thing, Marge. So, uh, yes. Uh, Dan, please tell everybody when this episode aired. First airing January 14th, 1993! That's right, we're in 93 now. I was 16. I was 10 for 29, no, 30 days. I had been 10 Jeez, why don't I just freaking put on a onesie and put a pacifier in my mouth right now? Well, it beats the adult diaper I apparently need to be wearing, so. (laughs) Uh, Yes, this, of course, is Marge versus the Monorail. You know the song. You know it was written by Conan O'Brien. This is why it's such a great episode but let's let's do a deep dive into marge versus the monorail uh first off on the chalkboard bart is writing i will not eat things for money so again not necessarily something for detention but uh it's a good life lesson yeah yeah probably and then one of the classic couch gags the family sits on the couch and then half of springfield runs in and sits in front of them Basically, all of the major characters that we've been introduced to at this point. Because that was literally the couch gag where they realized how many characters they actually had and they could make a couch gag out of it. Yeah. Like, we go back and you watch uh, Homer's Night Out and all the characters that are reacting to the, the, the sleazy picture. None of those are actual characters. They're just generic people. And Apu doesn't even know his name yet. But now, by the fourth season... We've got more than enough to fill an entire couch gag. I mean, there's enough characters. You could do it 365 characters a day on Facebook and not run out. It's almost like... That sounds like an awful idea. What nerd would do that? <laughs> the king of nerds, Dan Peck. The king. 
the commissioner, the czar. Damn it. <clears throat> anyway, as I straighten my tie and return to dignity here. So, uh, Jeff, I know you watched this episode just before we went on the air here, so it's going to be fresher in your head. Please help me if I gloss over anything that you feel like Will I do. have to talk about. But Will do. this episode does start with one of the best openings to a Simpsons episode ever. They do the Flintstones parody. Simpson. Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. He is the greatest guy in history. He's from the town of Springfield. A chestnut tree. That is just a perfect classic gag. That can't... you, you You can't do any better than that. I mean, when you think of great TV show intros, this is right up there with The Office and Kevin's Chili. Oh my god. Yeah. This is one of the best... This is one of the best Simpsons intros, and yeah, and when you, people think about office cold opens, one of the popular ones is Kevin's Chili. And also the, the today, today smoking's gonna see. Yeah, that, that one's my personal <laughs> favorite. Bandit. That one's my personal favorite. That was a special post-Super Bowl episode. Yeah. So, after Homer wrecks his car, of course... Well, after he he actually crashed into the chestnut. Yeah, he legitimately does. Uh, we see that Lenny and Carl are sealing up some toxic waste. Yeah, I wonder, wondering, wonder what they do with these things. Once <laughs> I heard it goes to one of those southern states where the governor's a crook. <laughs> no, I hear they just put it like in some kind of some kind of cave and then encase it, and <laughs> which is what they really do. Top- I actually saw a video of of. Of people doing it. You know what? Topical joke is topical. They put it yeah. in a giant cave and then seal it with concrete. Yeah, I almost made a very inappropriate joke that would not have, which would have violated CKCC rules. So oh, whatever. Oh, please, whatever. You take a southern state with a crooked governor, throw a dart at a map of the United States, you're going to get it right. Looking at you, Ron. <laughs> but Burns has better ideas. Well, what about the playground? Nah, too many bald children. They're going to get suspicious of me. Let's go to the park. <laughs> so he's jamming the barrel in a tree. Of course, Smithers is like, this one's full. Oh, the other one held nine barrels, and the tree's glowing. It's got tentacles for tree branches. It's the got... squirrel has laser eyes. <laughs> it just it laser eyes down an acorn and then eats it with a snake tongue. But Burns gets caught red-handed. The EPA shows up, and he is under arrest. Epa! Epa! <clears throat> yes! Ah! We'll, we'll get to that in 2007. We're in 93 right now, so let's slow down a little bit. <laughs> slow down a little bit, damn it. So, of course, one of my favorite visual gags is that Burns is brought into the courtroom like Hannibal Lecter. Yes. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Silence of the Lambs. One of my favorite movies, so... That uh, that always just tickled me that they did that with Burns. They're like, Burns, you have to pay a fine of $3 million. Oh, very well. Smithers, my wallet's in my front pocket. <laughs> so, of course, he just happens to have $3 million in his wallet. Oh, and while we're at it, I'll go ahead and buy that Statue of Justice. Because <laughs> I know I travel with $3 million in cash. I don't even have $3 in my wallet right now. 
I know. I counted. I have a single solitary lonely dollar bill sitting in there You're right now. You're supposed to have money in your wallet? Yeah, really. Apparently that's a thing that people do. All of my money, my money's not even digital. My money's fucking, my mother says I have $43 I can spend. That <laughs> <laughs> was literally, as we are literally starting to record Nerd Table, my mom knocks on the door and says, by the way, you got like forty-five dollars. Well, I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, what what PlayStation game you got your eye on? Apparently, I did something. <laughs> I did something. I helped her with something major last week for their thing next week. So I guess she paid me for the five hours of work I did, quote unquote. So, so is that an allowance or a job? It's a little bit of both. They're actually about to take over a business. I was just going to say, Tune, yes, so. yes, it is. Yes. So in many Correct. ways, I'll be doing a lot of, I'll be doing a lot of unofficial official work soon. <laughs> well, you better get that 401k in line, Dan. <laughs> so yes, so they're, uh, what are we going to do with these $3 million? Well, they're like, they're going to hold a town meeting to decide what to do with the money. And the kids have very different ideas as to what to do with this. In Lisa's vision, they all get VR helmets, which, of course... Just... Hello, Lisa. I'm Genghis Khan. <laughs> yes. You'll go where I go. Eat who I eat. Smite who I smite. <laughs> but Bart's vision's even better. He's invading the school with giant robot ants that kill the principal. And then there's Homer's idea. What about a giant billboard that says no fat chicks? Which I think is ironic because, you know, how many episodes are there about Homer's weight? Uh, we just, just covered just the one. last episode. <laughs> we just covered one. That's not the first time Homer will bring that up, too. In the Sherry Bobbins episode, he mentions no fat chicks. He sings about it. Yeah. And might I add, no fat chicks. Uh, and freaking Peter Griffin has, they did a joke on Family Guy where he had a no fat chicks shirt on. You know, oh, I bought this shirt. You know, world's greatest dad. That's why I bought this shirt. No fat chicks. It's like, uh-huh, Simpsons did it. Seth MacFarlane, your rip-off artist. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. South- also one of the best South Park episodes ever. South Park did it, too. <laughs> so. <clears throat> so, of course, Marge points out that the entire town is at this meeting. And while they're at the meeting, their homes are being robbed by Snake and his friends. <laughs> Idiots in this town. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, Beta. Oh, wait, we already did that. <laughs> All right, let's have a discussion here to talk about the uh, $2 million. Don't you mean $3 million? Uh, Of course. Yeah, he's like, now the, the minutes from last week's... Get to last... the money! 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 <laughs> so... All right, who has any ideas for the money? Hello, my name is Mr. Snrub. <laughs> And I think we should invest that money back into the power plant. And everybody just glares. So Smithers gets burns out of there with a grappling hook. I always, that's always just such a funny gag too, is the, the guy with the mustache trying to act like he's somebody different. And he can't even come up with a, a new fake name. Yeah, it just burns backwards. Burns backwards. Yeah. I like the way Snrub thinks. But we all know that, that, uh, Mets coach Bobby Valentine is the king of the mustache. Getting yep. ejected from a game and coming back in with a fake mustache. And getting almost getting away with it. 
almost. He got it came really close too. But they they put the camera on him for just a little too long. <laughs> so they all have ideas here. I mean, Apu wants better police force because he's been shot eight times this year alone. And Wiggum just goes, cry baby. And then Marge has an idea. Well, you know, Main Street could use some work. We always leave our snow tires on after the winter, and we carry too much heavy crap on our cars. And, and it's cut to Homer doing such a thing. <laughs> With a piano. Woohoo! Look at that pavement fly! I just well, want everyone to know the popcorn truck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the popcorn truck is the best. Because <laughs> it's the sarcastic guy driving it. Whoa! It just. Whoa there, Pally. <laughs> crashes into the biggest hole there is. But of course, no one sells it when Marge says it, so Grandpa starts going nuts about it, and then everyone's like, yeah! We could! We could fix Main Street! That's a great idea! Shut up! And they start celebrating <laughs> Grandpa. He's like, alright, all in favor of Grandpa Simpson's ideas, hold it! There's a mysterious man in the back of the auditorium you know, a town with monies, a lot like a mule with a spinning wheel. Nobody knows how he got it, and damned if he knows how to use it. And everybody laughs except for Homer, who doesn't get it. <laughs> and then he laughs yeah. just to try to pretend like he does. Yeah, he does the classic, yeah, just like Fry would do. He just laughs. Like five minutes later after everyone else has stopped laughing. So I've got this idea. No, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville idea. Hey, I now listen here. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. Tell us your idea and we'll vote for it. How about I show you my idea? I give to you the Springfield monorail. And of course, he's already got a, a whole model done up with it. Lyle Landley. I've sold monorails to Brockway, Ogdenville, and North Haverbrook. And they put them on the map, which is just a map of those three cities that he clearly drew himself. Yes. Sir... Nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified, six-car monorail. What'd I say? Monorail. What's it called? Monorail. Monorail. That's right. Monorail. 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 I hear those things are awfully loud. Glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the track could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. What about us brain-dead slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? No good, sir. I'm on the level. I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. Monorail! What's it called? Monorail! Once again! Monorail! But Main, Main Street's still <laughs> cracked and broken. Sorry, Mom. The mop has spoken. Monorail! <laughs> Monorail! <laughs> monorail! Monorail! Mono! Don't! <laughs> That's the best part. Again, five minutes too late. That is Homer in a nutshell. Uh, that, that That's our Homer. So, of course, Lyle Landley comes to the school to talk about the monorail. Uh, Miss Hoover, I find that hard to believe. And then, of course, Lisa is just like, why should our small little town have a mass transit system? We have a centralized population. It's like, man, little lady, that's the smartest question I've ever been asked. You must be the smartest person in your class. Of course, 
her, flattering her is how he gets out of answering the question in the first place. Yeah, he's like, well, I could answer your question, but I think only you and I would understand it. She just giggles. Okay, how about another question? You eating the paste. <laughs> I just wish they'd cut to Ralph so we could find out what his question was. I know. Poor Ralph. Oh, don't well, Ralph ate the purple berries, so... Oh, don't worry. Ralph will get his moments. We haven't touched... We haven't hit the surface. He hasn't been his Wookiee. He hasn't eaten the purple berries. He hasn't... I love Lisa Simpson. You choo-choo-choose me? So, you like stuff? (laughs) Just know I will be on future Ralph episodes. Well, that's that's only three episodes away. (laughs) It's it's choo-choo-choose me, so... You better let me know if you want to come back, because <laughs> that's that's yeah. two weeks. Yeah, pretty much. So they're See watching. You in so they're watching a commercial for Truckosaurus the movie, starring... yeah, which is just loop footage from the episode. Yeah, of and... him chowing down on the family car <laughs> with Marlon Brando as the voice of John Truckosaurus. <laughs> what did I do to deserve this? Celebrity voices are impersonated. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And that's when the commercial airs to join the uh the institute to become a monorail conductor, which of course they're just they, they do the quick disclaimer, actual institute may not match photo, which of course it doesn't because it's a single room with a piece of paper taped to the door. And Homer's like, "Marge, it's my lifelong dream to conduct a monorail." No, your lifelong dream was to run onto the field in a baseball game and you did it last season. And of course, how many they, lifelong dreams has he had? Uh, that's it's a funny running gag because he's always achieved it. Yeah, <laughs> that's another one that I like. like is, you already ate the bit, the world's largest sandwich. Yeah, ah, uh, what memories! I love the uh, the newspaper clipping he's got. It says idiot ruins game. Springfield forfeits pennant. <laughs> yeah, because he ran out on the field. <clears throat> All right, welcome to the monorail course. So. Real quick question: Are there any are there any in depth reporters here? Uh, I am, and she is. Can you please leave? Uh, you want us to take our hidden camera with you? Yes, please. And the guy at the turban. And that's when we see the construction of the monorail. Barney's got a job assisting with it, but he says hi to Homer and then drops it on a house. Bart is giving Homer the quiz. You can get mono. By riding the monorail. Mm, false. Wait, wait, wait. True. No, Dad, you were right. Wow, I'm so smart. You know, maybe I'll actually want to follow in your footsteps. Really? You want to change your name to Homer Jr.? The kids can call you Hoju. Uh, we'll get back to you on that <laughs> I'll one. I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> so, of course, you have Lyle Landley concluding the class with another great line. Mono means one and rail means rail. Thus concludes our extensive six-week course. And he just goes and leaves. But wait, who gets the job? Uh, that guy. Just points to Homer. You're clearly the most qualified. Yeah, you're clearly the most qualified. So he's given the family a tour of his brand new office. Check it out. This is the cup holder where I can store my beverage. Or, if you will, cupcake. And Marge goes to check on the fire extinguisher. Homer, there's a family of possums living in here. I call it the big one, Bitey. <laughs> <clears throat> so Marge has 
a little suspicious, so she actually goes and sneaks into Lyle Landley's mobile office. And she finds the uh, the briefcase. With his drawing. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the monorail going off the track. He's celebrating so, money. Him, count, money. Yep, him counting all the money. Yep. Did you also notice that Homer is actually drawn in as the conductor? I did not notice that one. No. I, o- I only just noticed that on this rewatch. It's that, yeah, the conductor is actually Homer. He drew Homer okay, as the conductor. I, I thought that was really clever. What did you see? Nothing incriminating. Oh, good. I don't know why I leave this lying around. And then Marge takes a drive over to North Haverbrook. And it's a ghost town. There's a crazy old lady just laughing on the porch. Go away! There ain't no monorail and there never was! And of course it's the monorail cafe. And there's the shambles of the monorail and a creepy guy comes up to her. Aye. My name is Sebastian Cobb and I think I can help you here. So he shows Marge what happened, how he cut all these corners. And she's just like, well, what do we do? You better be damn sure you've got a good conductor. And we cut to Homer who (laughs) locked his keys inside the monorail. Go get a rock. We call that foreshadowing. Yes. So now it's time for the red carpet ride for the inaugural monorail. You have the uh, the the actor who's doing nothing, the B-list actor doing nothing. There's Krusty the Clown, who is ignoring a son that he apparently has, that he's never met, and doesn't care to meet. I was waiting for him to say something like, kid doesn't even look anything like me. That would have been funny as hell. I don't even look like me. And then just lights a cigarette and walks away. That would have been hysterical. Uh, Conan, I hope you're listening to this, pal. If you ever reboot this episode, because they're rebooting tons of old plot lines, please throw that in there. You're welcome. One of my favorite ones is that they've got the 34-year-old guy playing the Springfield 90210 star, and when he smiles, he's all super wrinkly. <laughs> yeah, that definitely did not look anything like Luke Perry, by the way. Not at all. No, not at all. Which is funny, because Luke Perry's going to be on this season. Yes. As himself, of all people. Related to Krusty, who we just talked about. Official canon is that Luke Perry and Krusty are half-brothers. Yes. Which, of course, then means Krusty is related to Jungle Boy. Yes, he is. (laughs) So he's still got at least one famous relative out there. But Krusty's a deadbeat. We've learned that when we meet his real daughter. We'll get to that one. That one we might actually be 2025 before we get to that one. I don't remember how far in the future that is. Uh, Lurley Lumpkin is there too, and boy, does she not look well ever since her career took a yeah. dive. Yeah, ever since uh, Homer left, she kind of went in the gutter. <laughs> fresh, from the Betty Ford, fresh from the Betty Ford clinic, it's Lurley and Lumpkin. I spent last night in a ditch. Ah, that's wonderful. <laughs> and then, of course, the best is uh, the MC for the event is Leonard Nimoy, voicing himself. <laughs> Very good, Mr. Nimoy. And let me just say, uh, May the force be with you. Do you even know who you I am? You don't even know who I am. Maybe. You're one of the little rascals, right? <laughs> Freaking Quimby. And then Lisa sees that Landley is fleeing with his suitcases of money. <clears throat> don't you want to ride the monorail? 
Little girl, I can't. I've got a plane. I got a plane ride that leaves. That's on its way it out. It's only so- one minute ride. Well, uh, I played leaves in less, less than a minute. And just gets out of there. And the monorail takes off with Bart, of course, is riding up front with his father to be part of the inaugural ride. And as they take off, we realize that Sebastian Cobb is too late to stop them and because he made Marge stop so he could get a haircut. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. So we get a, a view of the inside of the monorail, and for a one-minute ride mass transit system, this thing is super classy. There's a full bar. There's classical music playing. Like, okay. It does is make a loop around the town. The town. So, just want to point out that I've never been, I've never even been on a train that fancy. And I have ridden the auto train from Virginia to Florida multiple times. And yes, they do serve you dinner. The dinner is actually pretty good. And the private sleeper cars are decent. But, damn, that's a little little much for a monorail. See, the auto train is a 20-hour ride. It's an overnight ride that you sleep on it, right? Yeah. This is a one-minute ride around town, so clearly the, uh... Well, they say you cut corners, right? All that fanciness. Because within seconds of taking off, everything goes wrong. Including the seldom break, which breaks. And then for just a great little sight gag... The monorail sticker blows off, revealing the 1964 World's Fair sticker. And now the monorail is completely out of control. They even clock it at 180 miles per hour. Well, based on your husband's cowardly strength. Washing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Quimby and Wiggum... This is actually kind of a funny dynamic that they never really dive too much into, but because they're both actually in charge in an emergency. Well, it's funny because they're both super corrupt public officials, but they always, but when something goes down, they want to be the hero and they argue so much over it. They actually end up going to the chamber of commerce to, to see what it says. Hey, according to this as constable, I'm supposed to get a pig every month. Enough of, (laughs) Enough about that. How many broads do I get? Gotta love public officials corrupt. Topical joke is topical, Simpsons. Yes, and you also (laughs) gotta love when, like, they they haven't... uh, Small towns that haven't updated their tenants in 200 years. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's led to some funny jokes, too. Like, Parks and Rec did that. They they dunked the guy named Andy, or whatever his name is. No, it was whatever the dude's name is. They dunk the guy, and then they they get a volunteer for it after that. So, yeah, because, of course, that's how this works. So, now they're just like, the the monorail control guys are like, well, what if we just cut the power? Eh, it's solar-powered. Damn, when will these eco-ists actually learn? But it's actually going to be an eclipse today. Ah, a solar eclipse. And of course, Nimoy gets all philosophical with it. Makes the guy nervous. Anybody want to trade seats? Which is funny, because that's absolutely not how solar power works at all. Nope. But... Ma- no, ma- it's, a, it's a manner of storing energy. It doesn't It doesn't just yeah, give it's... you energy while you're using it. Yeah. <laughs> what about on cloudy days? All right, you know what? You're not you. You no longer get to be in charge. You actually still you still get some. You just don't get as much. Yes, 
That's why you can still get sunburned on cloudy day. I hate people. But anyway. <laughs> so one of, one of my favorite sight gags is uh, there's Lanley on his flight to Tahiti. Folks, we're going to be making a quick layover in North Haverbrook. Yeah, where do I know that name from? Oh, no. Oh, no! Yeah, and, like, he's going to cop. He's going to be here in 10 minutes. Everyone in town's heading to the airport. You know, and, you, then they, and then they bum rush the plane. And he is... <laughs> what, Lyle Landley is 100% dead. There is no doubt that he survived that. There's No. He's not... Yeah, he is done. He's done. And Krusty's had enough. He actually attempts suicide. Krusty wants out, but Nimoy saves him. The world needs laughter. And another one of my favorite jokes comes up right after that. Homer, because Homer's panicking. What do I do? What do I do? And Marge comes on. Hello. Homer, there's a there's a man here who says he can help you. I think he's a scientist. Batman? <laughs> Batman's no, a scientist? Not... Yeah. Batman's a scientist. It's not Batman. Batman. It's like, Homer, can you find something to use as an anchor? And right, right away he looks at the boy. <laughs> Keep thinking, Homer. Again, Homer. <laughs> so it takes the M off the monorail sign, which makes it the Ono rail now. <laughs> yup. <laughs> the Cassius Ono rail. <laughs> and then, and there, there just happens to be a guy with a lasso. So he ties it on, throws the M out, it snags on the ground, and then he quickly realizes he didn't tie the other end to anything. He ties Bart it in. Was the one that reminded him to do that. Yeah, uh, Homer. <laughs> the so starts... this M and the rope go through town, cutting things in half, including including Siamese twins. Yes. Well, it's... see, a Siamese twin operation is very difficult and uh, very expensive. Get... Very... It just rips right through them. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> would cuts you down, know, kill them. It cuts down Springfield's oldest tree, which lands on the birthplace of Jebediah Springfield. And then, yeah, as that was happening, I was like, "Man, Jebediah just can't catch any luck in his own town." I mean, <laughs> it was likely that the bear killed him. But... Yep, <laughs> I always love that. Well, future historians believe the bear probably killed him. And then, because they've they've created the sea captain character and they still love him, or at least Conan does, they just throw him out there. Yar, you call that an anchor? <laughs> but the day is saved when the giant anchor. The M anchor lands on a giant donut. To which Homer climbs donuts. Is there anything the giant they can't donut do? Lads, lads. Yeah. Is there anything donuts can't do? And as everybody's rescued, Leonard Nimoy goes, Well, my work here is done. And Barney's like, You didn't do anything, didn't I? Did I? <laughs> it just phases And then out. he phases away. Yeah. <laughs> I also realize Barney seems to be the only one that gets to confront celebrities. And I he said, England's greatest prime minister is Lord Palmerston. Pit the Elder. All right, you asked for it, Bugs. Yeah, that's showing him, Barn. Lord Pit the Elder. Lord Palmerston. <laughs> uh, that's such a that's such a great joke. Barney gets a couple of really good jokes on this show. There, they can be few and far between because he is a pretty one dimensional character. But when you get a hit with Barney, it's usually pretty good. And I know, yes, he is a one-dimensional character, but I put him in my top ten. He's a funny because, character. Yeah, he's definitely a funny character. When he hits, he hits big. Well, it's the whole thing is that he has a genius intellect. He just ruined it by drinking. Thank you, Homer. Yeah, thanks, Homer. We just covered that, <clears throat> and we see it from time to time, like how he does the 
wonderful artsy film. Oh yeah, during the film festival well, and have, all, all that kind of stuff. They have those weird periods too, where in the show he's sober for certain periods of time, and then he relapses, and then he's sober again. So like they'll do a scene at Moe's Tavern, and he's sitting there with his hair all slicked back, and he's got a cup of coffee in his hand instead of beer. And I just think it's funny that of all the things that Simpsons keeps in continuity, that's one of them. Yeah, they have multiple timelines going uh, as far as like Homer and Marge's relationship. The one thing that they keep constant, Barney. Barney. <laughs> There's a few things they keep constant, cause, but Barney? Yeah, they, they get Barney, right? Although, you know what? To be fair. To be fair. They do a really good job with Lisa's continuity. Once they evolved her the way they wanted her, they do a really good job with her. Like, like you can't judge a lot of her first and second season actions because they're still feeling out the character. But once they actually figure out what they want to do with Lisa, then they... She can be... That's, that's actually why she's one of the best written characters. I, I can agree to that. So, and of course, the episode ends with, with Marge talking about how the monorail was the only thing that Springfield ever built that was a failure. Well, except for the Popsicle Stick skyscraper. And the 50-foot magnifying glass. And, and the escalator that goes The escalator that nowhere. It's just people just go, what? <laughs> yes, freaking, ah. Uh, Marge versus the monorail. So naturally, there is plenty of... Plenty of trivia for this episode, as one can imagine. Of course, Homer's lines, I call the big one bitey, and donuts, is there anything they can't do, are among some of Matt Groening's all-time favorite lines. (laughs) Conan O'Brien says this is his favorite episode he ever wrote. I mean, it's not hard to see why. George Takai was supposed to be the guest star... Because he had already been on the show before. But after demanding several script changes, Takai declined because he did not want to make fun of public transportation because he's a member of the board of directors of the Southern California Rapid Transit District, which is now but, known as the L.A. County Metropolitan Transit Authority. But I look at it this way. It wasn't making fun of public transportation. It was done by a huckster con man who didn't care. He was just in for the money. It wasn't an yeah, attack. It's, it's, it's he made the music man. Yeah. But in the Simpsons. Yeah. Well, I I get it. I mean, if, if, if he doesn't want to be associated with it, I can understand that. I agree with you guys, but yeah, I, I can kind of see it. But they went to Leonard Nimoy and he accepted, so forget it. <clears throat> this is the only time in the series that Lurley Lumpkin is voiced by someone other than Beverly D'Angelo. They used Doris Grau, Lunch Lady Doris. She did the voice. She, really only, had, like, she only had the one line. Yeah, there so... No, there was no need to bring in Beverly D'Angelo. For you that. already had Leonard Nimoy, and you already had Phil Hartman. You didn't need it. So, Conan O'Brien conceived the idea when he saw a billboard in L.A. that had just said the word monorail on it. No details or explanations, just monorail. So, um, that's all you need. So he uh, pitched the idea at the story retreat to Al Jean and Mike Reese, who said the episode was a little crazy and thought he should try some other material first. So O'Brien had already done episodes where Lisa had a rival, Marge got the job at the power plant, Burns falls in love with her, and both went well. 
And James L. Brooks absolutely loved this episode when O'Brien presented it. So very, the rest is history. Uh, in the monorail carriage, there's a shot of the Hindenburg in, on flames. I did not notice that, but that's a funny little touch right there. Uh, we mentioned this earlier at the Hollywood Bowl. Conan O'Brien and Hank Azaria performed it live from September 12th to 24th in 2014 as part of Simpsons Take the Bull. And that is on YouTube if anybody wants to look that up. Yep. <clears throat> Despite... There's some great things like that that they do with the Hollywood Bowl. Like they did an entire cast reading and singing of the um, of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, I remember that. That was great. Is that when they had the uh, Danny Elfman, Catherine O'Hara, and Paul Rubens sang yep. Kidnap the Sandy Claus? Yeah, yeah. Yep, I've seen that. It was a special show at the Hollywood Bowl. Crazy stuff happens there. It's great. Because that's where that's where they all live. They all get them if they all get them there at the same time, they can pitch crazy stuff. You know one of my favorite things I ever saw was when they did the uh they did the the readings from uh, I think it was Darth Vader lines and they had Jim Cummings doing them as Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh dear God. <clears throat> you will not <laughs> do do not underestimate the power of the force. Oh, bother. And he would throw in, like, the little pooisms in there. <coughs> you have to at that point. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Rob Paulson would do that. He had, a, he had a little talk show where he'd have other voice actors on, and they would do lines from, like, scripts from famous, famous scenes as their different characters. And I know he did something with Goofy, because he had Bill Farmer on, and they did something as Goofy. I don't remember what it was, but I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, there's good stuff. There's some good stuff on the YouTube. That's why I watch the YouTube and not the TikTok, but just saying. <clears throat> I'm also 36. TikTok's not for me. I'll, I'll watch TikTok. <laughs> oh, on the shut YouTube. up. <laughs> <laughs> My mom watches TikTok before she goes to bed. She'll be like, oh, son, go to bed. It's midnight. And then she'll sit there in her room for two hours. TikTok. That is called a nighttime routine. Yes. And then she complains that she doesn't get to sleep till 2 o'clock. And I'm like, I'm going to sleep by 4, 2 o'clock. <laughs> well, what are you the, doing, woman? Put the talk away. <laughs> Jeez. Stop. <laughs> be like, Mom, stop playing with your talk. Then then see how much money you get in the family business. <laughs> uh, so this is an interesting piece of trivia. It's often considered one of, if not the best episode of the series, but... Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa, has been vocal in her dislike of the episode. In fact, in a 1995 interview, she heavily criticized it for not fitting in well with the show's then-usual style. That's actually pretty interesting that not only is there that much of a vocal critic of this episode out there, but it's one of the key people on the show. I hate to be the one to point this out. Lisa probably has maybe, you know... 10 lines the entire episode. Well, yeah, Lisa's not really in this episode at all. I'm not saying that that is the direct <clears throat> correlation for her feeling that way, but I'm also not saying it. <laughs> but also, yeah, it's different. That's why it's one of the best episodes of all time. Yep. It's got so many classic one-liners alone. I mean, heck, you know what? You can just watch that Flintstones intro, and that can sell you on the entire episode right there. Yeah. Anything that has that intro is not a bad episode. 
Uh, they actually did consider Shatner at one point, but he had already previously turned down an appearance, so they didn't bother. Yeah, and, they're they're fine not having William Shatner. <laughs> I would agree with that. And then, our last piece of trivia, a reverse reference occurred in 2002 when Seattle residents opposed to a proposed monorail project. They held a protest event called Coming Out with Marge Simpson. The event organizers planned to show the episode as part of the protest, but were ordered not to by Fox for copyright laws. So there you have it. All right. Final thoughts, boys. Again, like you said, it is a goat episode because of how quotable it is from the intro to the song to just the interactions between Homer and Bart. I would definitely put this as top 10 to top 15 of all time. And that's saying something considering there's over 700 episodes. Over yeah. 700 freaking episodes. At the, and I'm, I'm only saying that because I don't know when people are listening to this episode. They could be listening to it a couple of years from now, going back into the archives or something. I don't know. But as of right now, there are over 700 episodes. Somebody's watching this, listening to this right now. And they're like, is that all there was? They're up to 1,000 now. Son of a bitch. But yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's a really good one. Dan? Yep, same. Top ten. Yeah, Maybe. it's it's up there. It's it, it's definitely in my top twenty. I don't know if it's in the top ten. I haven't actually reevaluated my top ten in a while, but that is something maybe I need to go back and and look on here. I was actually thinking about doing a uh, a patron special where a bunch of us calculate our top ten favorite Simpsons episode and we do a whole patron episode about it. Get all the uh, be- Simpsons fans. On board. I'll be down for that. Yeah, there you go. There's an announcement for you guys right now. So, yeah, this is... Uh, Breaking yeah. news. Do, 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 do. Breaking news. Do, 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 do. Good news, everyone. Oh, wait, wrong show. But, yeah, no, I'm it's... afraid I got some good news for... Oh, wait, nope, never mind. <laughs> I've got some bad news. Uh, we, we just crammed a lot of references into one little piece right here. You're welcome. So next time we come to you guys here on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're going to review Selma's Choice. This is a fun episode because it does give you a good split on the different personalities of the twins. Because as similar as they are, they are very different in a lot of ways, which is, it's always been like a twin thing. And anytime they've ever had a twin deal, they've, they've tapped into that. And yes, twins are always going to be different in many ways. But it's also fun because it's got the Duffland theme park. So there's a bunch of references that make fun of Disney, which I friggin' love. So I'll be sure to rip on that one. <laughs> Very well. But yeah, it's uh it is a it's just a fun episode. And that will be next time on Stupid Sexy Podcast. But before we wrap up, Jeff Trellowitz, please tell everybody how they can listen to you on CKCC Radio. I have two shows that alternate Oh, every week. One is called Real Paranormal Talk, where I discuss my love of the paranormal, um, whether it be something from paranormal TV or world famous hauntings or my own evidence. If it's not that, then it's going to be ranking tracks where I will listen to an entire album and then break it down. Which song is the best off that album? 
And uh, yeah, this week, because it is 4th of July, I will be doing Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Indeed. So you guys are actually listening to this episode on the 4th of July. How about that? If you are like me and have no social life on holidays and decide to listen to a podcast at 7 o'clock at night. But yes, you can check that out here on CKCC Radio. Great stuff to look forward to. And I love me some Bruce Springsteen, but of course, you know, Jersey. So, Of course. Absolutely. All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode here. Thank you to our guest, Jeff Trelowitz, for joining us. As always, of course. Check out always all, glad to be on. Check out all the great content here on CKCC Radio, including a special patron project for the end of the month. Right, Dan? Indeed. Sign up for our patron by the end of the month, because the last week of the month, we're doing a special Nerd Table edition instead of the wrestling one. We're doing Nerd Table, and we're covering the Lord of the Rings Extended Trilogy. Oh, yes. So and it has be... been confirmed. We have gotten full confirmation from Eric, so all three of us are on board. So it's going to be a 80-hour uh, podcast then. There might Indeed. be an ex- there might be a theatrical cut of this episode, <laughs> and there might be an extended cut. I'm not sure yet. We'll see how that uh, goes. Mentally, I'm thinking a 90 minutes to two hours, like the like the, like the regular podcast. It probably will be yes, but I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've watched those. So there you have it. That's everything that's coming up, and we will. But that's all in the future. We'll be back here next time for Selma's choice on another. Stupid sexy podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs>